Insanity defense is an affirmative defense raised during a criminal case. It states that even if the accused committed the crime, he or she is not responsible due to the result of a psychiatric disease. Insanity is raised in about 1% of cases, and it only has about a 25% success rate. When someone faces the death penalty, it isn't unusual for that person to plead insanity. If a person is deemed legally insane, he or she cannot be executed in many jurisdictions. The definition for insanity varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but in general, to be considered legally insane, one must not be aware that his or her actions were immoral or illegal. Today's episode is about Timothy Jones Jr., a man described as smart, religious, and driven. This would change as his family grew, eventually having five children that he murdered. Timothy pleaded guilty by reason of insanity. To be found legally insane in South Carolina, where his trial occurred, the jury would have to find that Timothy lacked the mental capacity to distinguish legal or moral right from legal or moral wrong. In essence, the jury would have to find that Timothy could not understand that the murders of his children were immoral or illegal. If the jury found him legally insane, he would be committed to the South Carolina State Hospital where he would be evaluated further. If the jury did not find him legally insane, however, he would likely face the death penalty. At his trial, the defense would premise its insanity defense on three main grounds. Timothy's family history of mental disease, his abuse of mood-altering substances, and a head injury he previously suffered. We will hear these ideas during Timothy's confession later in the episode. The following audio clip is from the defense's opening statement at Timothy's trial. You heard the judge say that Tim has pled not guilty by reason of insanity. That was not a defense that Tim picked out like when you were in Bordier and the judge read you a list of defenses. That is a defense that the lawyers, in consultation with experts, a full examination of Tim and a review of his family history. Tim has schizophrenia, something he wasn't diagnosed with prior to his arrest. Tim's mind is broken. In deciding whether Tim knew the legal or moral right from wrong, you need to look at the full forest, not just a few trees. Tim was genetically loaded for mental illness. Children come into this life with genetic predispositions. Some genes determine your hair and your eye color. Other genes can influence diseases such as diabetes or heart disease. Other genes can determine vulnerability to psychiatric conditions, such as addiction, bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia. Tim's mom has schizophrenia. She has been institutionalized for the last two decades. You will hear about major mental illness on both the paternal and the maternal side of Tim's family. The seeds for Tim's brain weren't healthy. You will hear about Tim's environment. His development of his brain was negatively impacted by his environment. You will hear from numerous witnesses about his childhood, about the violence, the substance abuse, the mental illness, 
and the abandonment that he was constantly subjected to. You will gain an understanding from experts as to how an environment such as that can damage the foundation of someone's mind. You will hear how a genetically at risk and a negatively impacted brain was further damaged by a traumatic brain injury. Tim suffered a traumatic brain injury when he was a teenager, when he was in a car accident. You're going to hear from experts. You're going to actually see scans of the damage. You are going to hear about the frontal lobe damage that still exists today, the blood that's still there. You will actually see the divot that's still in his skull all these years later from a depressed skull fracture. Tim's unhealthy seeds that were grown in bad soil were damaged by a traumatic brain injury. And all of this was through no fault of his own. You will hear that when Tim was a teenager, he started using mood-altering substances to deal with that emotional instability. Exposure to sustained emotional trauma, head injuries, and substance abuse can have an effect on the developing brain without an understanding of the later devastating impacts that this might have. Despite all these problems, Tim was determined to make something of himself. He joined the Navy. He wanted to be a Navy SEAL. After a month and a half, he was separated in boot camp for a depressive disorder. A mental health dis disorder that was diagnosed by the United States Navy. Tim was devastated. He went back to using drugs and alcohol. He got in trouble and he went to prison. In prison, he found religion. To Tim, the love of Jesus was unconditional. It helped soothe his emotional instability and his feelings of abandonment. To Tim, the Bible is the, illiter or is the literal and infallible guide on how to live your life. During the trial, Timothy's ex-wife, Amber Kaiser, took to the stand and recounted in clear and painful detail the change of his personality from her husband to a cold-blooded killer. When I met Tim, he, he was already involved in the church. Um, I was not. I was working three jobs. I, I thought, wow, this guy has it together. Um, he was going to school part-time, working part-time, and, and had church under the belt. Um, I started going with him to these services, and we found a church family together. Tim was very goal-oriented. <laughs> Sorry. Very smart, very smart man. Everything that he had set out to do as a goal, he accomplished, and I found that very honorable. That's one of the main things that attracted me to him. In the church that we were attending, um, I guess you could say they didn't believe in long dating periods. Um, they felt like it was too, too enticing <laughs> to be around each other and not be married. Um, so in retrospect, we decided to get married. He was, he was already speaking in the church, and we thought that it was more appropriate to get married.
Timothy grew up with a lack of power in his household, which was riddled with rape, violence, and drug abuse. Having a family of his own gave him power and he didn't hesitate to use it against his kids and his ex-wife. Treating women less than equal likely stemmed from his extreme religious beliefs. Timothy was beyond the standard religious level and always preached it to the extreme. Studies have shown that places with high religious affiliations have higher gender inequality and places with low religious affiliations have lower levels of gender inequality. Women are to be seen and not heard. I was merely to take care of the children, to keep them out of his way, and to do as he asks as my husband. Timothy and his wife divorced roughly a year before the murders. Initially, she attempted to obtain custody of the children. Because he was the breadwinner of the household, he was able to afford an attorney for the custody hearings while she was not able to. Although she didn't want to give up custody of the children, she felt it would be best for them to stay with Timothy since he was the better provider. Thus, Timothy was granted primary custody of the children and his wife received supervised visitation rights. Uh, I was not willing to give up my rights as their mother, so we came to an understanding and an arrangement that we had joint custody, him being the primary caregiver. Um, I did not want him being the primary caregiver, if you will, but he was the better provider. He made the finances. I was just getting on my feet. I thought I was making the best decision I could as a mother to satisfy Tim. It was supervised by him. So I agreed to that, yes, because I was willing to do whatever I had to do to see my children. Absolutely. In a sad turn of events, Amber spoke to her children the last night they were alive. She recounted her conversation during the trial. I heard my son crying. And I asked him what was wrong. My son, Natan. I said, son, what's wrong? He said, mom, I didn't mean to. And Tim was going on in the background, you could have killed yourself, son. And then got mad at me because I was trying to calm my son down. Like he couldn't catch his breath. Like he was just like that. And Tim got mad and and said, why do you always have to defend the kids? I guess you could say I always defended the kids. He was more the disciplinary, I was not. I went on to disagree with him and, and, and let him know that I didn't think, that I thought that my son had gotten the point and that I was tired of hearing my kids crying all the time. And Tim hung up the phone and told, before he hung up the phone, told me to shut the fuck up and hung up the phone. During the trial, Timothy's babysitter, Joy Lorick, took to the stand and recounted her experiences with the family and Timothy's abusive nature. She would not only care for the kids most of the week, but she would also go on vacations with them. Her perspective is as close as you can get to understanding the true inner workings of his family. Did you go to Tim's house? Yes, I kept the kids at the house. What was, what was the condition of the house? When you um, it would be like dishes, clothes everywhere, trash overflowing. Uh, were there bugs? Oh, yeah. There was like a few roaches. It was dirty? Yeah. Um, and did you try and clean it up? 
Yeah, I tried to like wash the dishes and try to pick up a little bit while I was there. While spanking children as a form of punishment was widely used in the past, it is rarely seen today. Timothy never hesitated to spank his children with a belt, no matter how young they were. We will hear of another form of punishment he often used on his children, known as PT, physical training. Sometimes he would have his children do PT for hours at a time. Florida, did anything happen in the car? Um, as we was driving, well, anybody that knows kids, like when you driving a short, uh, long period of time, kids tend to get agitated. And so the kids start like moving around, yelling, jumping around and stuff. And Mr. Jones told him that he would pull to the side of the road and make them get out and do squats. And I was like, oh, no, you know, so. You thought he was serious? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Timothy uses food restriction as another form of control over his children. This can be very dangerous as it can lead to malnutrition, especially when paired with all the PT the children endured. Me being at the house and feeding the kids oatmeal all day, it wouldn't really be nothing. I probably remember one time he came back with a little Caesar's pizza. It was like only one box of little Caesar's pizza. <coughs> but other than that, that's what I fed the kids all day is oatmeal. I just remember after I stopped keeping them, I asked Miss Elke to please make sure that she fed them because I wasn't too sure how he fed them at nighttime. I just remember me feeding them oatmeal all day. And I remember a certain time when they had told me it was one day that he was getting off work and I had, they just kept asking for oatmeal all day and I fed them. You know, any kids, I'm going to feed them. I don't care how much that kid done ate like an hour, two hours ago, I'm going to feed them. And I remember they said, Miss Joy, could you not tell Daddy you just fed us? Because he might not feed us again. And I said, I would never do that to y'all. It is now September 3rd, 2014. The children's mother, Amber, reports Timothy and her five children missing. A few days later on the 6th, Timothy was stopped at a checkpoint and charged for a DUI and drug possession. The officers checked their records and saw the missing person's report for his five children. They then inquired about their current whereabouts. Timothy denied having any children at all. After the officers asked about his children again, however, he changed his answer and stated that he had three, but they were with a family friend. The officers checked his car and found blood and cleaning supplies in the back of his vehicle. Not but a couple days later, Timothy confessed to everything. This is the recorded audio from the confession that was played in his trial. Do you have any ideas or beliefs that other people think are crazy? I don't know, they probably think my thoughts about exercise are nuts, but I mean, I tend to think people should take care of themselves. Okay. Timothy attempts to justify what would be seen as an extreme unconventional punishment as acceptable. He diverts the blame to the current generation and how children are raised nowadays, attempting to rationalize that his extreme forms of punishment will raise good members of society. His stint in the Navy is likely where he learned the idea of using physical training as punishment. It is not uncommon in the Navy to be punished with exercises such as push-ups for misconduct. It is unreasonable to punish malnourished children in this way, however, especially for the duration that Timothy would force upon his children. I'm old school in the sense that I think kids should get their ass busted by a teacher. Okay. I don't like the fact, and here's, here's one of my problems, this is what the DSS was about. Yeah. When I grew up, I didn't worry about kids bringing guns to school and blowing the hell out of each other with a teacher. That didn't happen. Because... There was a healthy fear, and you got corrected by parents. These day and age, kids bring guns to school because I don't think that they're corrected at home, and they take other people's lives because they got no respect for authority. 
I said, I will not let my kids go out and go blasting people away because I'm not teaching them to respect human life. Mm-hmm. So that was my whole motivation with the time to push him. Hey, dude, you need to tell me what you're up to, man. I need to know. Throughout Timothy's confession, he would recount to what led to the deaths of his five children. His reason for murdering his five children changes throughout the confession, however. The first reason will be of Natan, six years old, playing with an electrical outlet. According to Timothy, because Natan would not tell him what he was doing, he punished him with extreme PT, leading to his death. I questioned Natan about four outlets that he blew. After a series of not getting any favorable responses out of him, I tried to use more harsh measures to just try to get out of him what was going on because I didn't know what he was doing. I seen four destroyed outlets. Uh, is it for me, him? Was he curious? I just didn't know what was going on. I was trying to make sense of it. I worked him too hard, or maybe it was a combination of the electricity. I know electricity takes electrolytes out of your body. Uh, something happened. It was out of the ordinary, and he would tell me. If I would have known it, I mean, I, I would have got him medical help and whatnot, but I don't know what he did, and he didn't tell me. I didn't see any burn marks on his body, so that's why I didn't rush him to the hospital. So after the fact, he, he was deceased. And then what, what happened to him? What, how, how did he get deceased? What, what did you do? I sent bed after I worked him real hard because he wouldn't answer me. And, and what, what do you mean by working him too hard? I just PT'd his ass till he couldn't handle it. Tried cracking him on but a couple times to get something out of him to tell me what was he doing. Right. What's his motive? And when you're saying PT, and what, what are we talking about? Squats and push-ups. Squats, push-ups. How, how long were you having him PT? I'm PT like an hour. I sent him to bed. Okay. to bed. You're not telling me the truth. I can't help you. Go to bed, man. You're wasting everybody's time. And then and then you, you find out what? I come back and find out that he's deceased. And when I find out he's deceased... Then the shit hits the fan and all. How does the shit hit the fan, Tim? The voices start going off, and then here comes the paranoia. Oh shit! What just happened? What what what, what just happened? This ain't gonna go. I can't call. But I got all these voices running through my head now. As Timothy recounts how he killed his children, we will hear him try to forcibly portray what emotion would be expected of him. As he recounts the order in which he murdered his children, however, he will mess up and will speak noticeably less distraught. Faking emotion becomes difficult when focused on recounting information, which likely explains his drastic change in tone. And then what happens to him? What did you tell us earlier? So, Natan was, was dead, and then what happened? And I followed suit with the other four. And how did, how did you so feel? that was with my hands. With your hands? Can you describe what you mean by with your hands? Around their neck. Around their neck? Okay. <laughs> who was next? I'm just going to put the order so I don't have to go into too much detail. Okay. Just, just tell us right. the order. Tan, Mira, Elias. Gabriel. Wait, wait, wait. Tan, Eli, Mira, Gabriel, Elias. We are about to hear a second reason why Timothy killed his children. He will argue that he wanted to save his children from a life he did not want for them. Sadly, this is not an uncommon thought in these types of cases, as the killer may see this as freeing a child from this life. I think that they were going to have issues like me. Issues like you? Okay. I what? think that they were going to have issues from not only from a broken home, I think that there's genetic diseases that... That's, that I think that there were some things that my dad, if uh-huh. you guys had seen yesterday, he doesn't know about my mom. Yeah. I think that there's things I know about my mom, even though I'm not... I wasn't around when that happened because I think I've got some of what she has. 
Timothy will now give a third reason for his crimes. He will attempt to blame the children's actions for his behavior, claiming that he believed them to be conspiring against him, even though they are a group of malnourished children. What kind of people do you think the children were when you committed the crime? I understand this is a weird question for what we're talking about, but we, we had to ask it earlier, too. I think they were conspiring. I think they were conspiring against you? I definitely seems to make the most sense to me. I mean, why else would somebody go do something like that and not tell me what he's doing? He's what kind of started this all. He triggered us all. If, if he would have told you what happened to the outlets that night... I would have got... I would have went and acted appropriately to try to help him. N none of this would have happened. I think he didn't tell me because I think it was intended for me. I think that's why it would make sense okay. for him not to tell me. The following audio recording is between Timothy and his father while he is incarcerated. He will discuss two more reasons as to why he killed his children. Timothy will explain to his father that as a child, he always yearned for his mother, and he did not want the same for his son. When Natan repeatedly asked to see his mother, this made Timothy revert mentally to his childhood. He blames this as a trigger that made him snap. Timothy will also blame his ex-wife as the reason for the murders. At this point, he will have given five reasons for his heinous crimes. The catalyst was I the fact of I seen myself and those kids that Tom was trying to get to his mom. He was because he was just like me. He was just like me. You not remember me crying over Sydney growing up, and it wasn't your fault. I was just that way, just because that's just how I was. You really just like me, and I wasn't gonna watch him go through all that pain, and I wasn't gonna watch him go through all that pain that I did growing up, and that's what caused me to snap. So we blame Amber on this one. Because if she had been home, where she was supposed to, instead of popping the boy next door, and that's what happened. I would not have got to that point. Timothy will now describe in detail how he killed each of his children. Did you use the belt on, on Eli? I don't think I did. I think it was just bare hands. What? I'm not 100% sure. I don't want to lie to you. Those memories yeah, right? are clouded. Well, what about, who do you remember using the belt on? On the babies? Who were the babies? Tim. Pardon? Gabriel and Elaine, is that correct? What is Elaine is also known as Gab Abigail, right? Yes. Okay. And when you say the belt, you put the belt around their... I used to strangle them. used to strangle them. Why, why didn't you use your hands with them? I don't know. At that point, I wasn't thinking. At that point, I was just thinking, run... Get rid of the bodies and Were the older children, did they put up a fight? I mean, what person's not? Right. You, you told us earlier that Eli said something to you before you killed him. What did he say to you? Take me with, Dad. What do you think Eli meant when he said that? Uh, I think he just wanted to go where I was. He knew the time was gone. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't know exactly what he meant by that. I mean, I don't know where he thought I was going. I didn't even know where I was going at that time. This is just happening. That fuck. It's like my mind. I don't know what to do now. Did any of the other children say anything before you killed them? Gabriel said, "I love you." Okay, and that's a question I was gonna. You know, we're we're gonna ask you here, because we've we've gone over all this. And, and you've been honest with us. 
Are we going to find any of the other children cut up at all? No. You didn't try to burn them at all? I can't replace them. Tim, what, couldn't bring it Tim what about the bleach in the vehicle? When you got to stopped? cover up the blood. To cover up the blood? Mm-hmm. I also, no, in honest truth, I do like bleach because it makes stuff smell clean. So you're probably trying to get rid of some of that odor? Not just vehicle. that. I mean, no. So, I mean, I would carry it around in the car even if I, before, because I like bleach and it made stuff okay. clean. You want to go. Natan was an accident. He was an accident. That wasn't really an accident. I was just trying to find out what was going on. If you look at that picture of me holding my little son, uh-huh. yeah, it's just picture of me with the older one trying to say, son, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't tell me, and I don't know if he was messing with the stuff, and so, so the PT took him over the edge. Natan was an accident, but you, you murdered the other four children. Yes. Okay. Timothy has a history of abusing drugs. Around the time of the murder, he habitually took a drug called Scooby Snacks. Scooby Snacks is a synthetic marijuana, a mixture of dried plant materials mixed with chemical additives. Now you were telling us that was actually in the car, it was not spice, but they are called... It's a Scooby Snacks. Okay. You said it, locally in Lexington County, you bought those from where? Uh, Time Warp. Time Warp. And, and what do they kind of do for you? They calm the voices down inside my head to All let right. me be at peace and not act on them. They kind of give you the same um, high as, 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 as what drug? As, I think you're talking about the tea. Yeah. It, it's like marijuana in the sense that it gives you a high, but it's not the high that I'm looking for. It's the effect of quieting this. It's medication. I know that sounds stupid as hell, yeah, but it, it's why I need to see a doctor. Now we are at the point in the confession where Timothy will recount what his intentions were with the bodies once he killed his children. We will hear him begin to set up the groundwork for pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. He will discuss the voices in his head and will blame the fact that he was not in the right mindset. What, what did you do um, earlier, you, you said, when you would strangle them? What would you do with the bodies at that point? At that point, I was just running on fear and I wasn't thinking. Any normal person would have said, let me call the police and turn myself in. Okay. I took the coward route and started following those voices in my head, which led me down such a nice path I'm on today. And what, what did you do then? What do you mean? With the bodies. I put them in bags and threw them on the hill. Okay, no, no, no. When when you're at the house... Oh, load them. I just load them in the car. Did you put them in the bag at that time? I don't know. Okay. It was just five you put them in, in the vehicle. Uh, what type of vehicle was that? Cadillac Escalade. Alright, and what do you do from there? I start driving out of fear. Tim, tell us, what was your original plan to do with the bodies? Now that we've had a chance to talk about it. I don't know what my original plan was. I had so many thoughts going through my mind. What, what were some of them? Because you brought some notes and you bought some I had a hundred different thoughts about what I could do. Okay. I don't want to sit and incriminate myself, but no, I, had, I had a bunch of different things. I, you know, one... We went over this, but part of your plan was to do what? The bodies? I think originally I intended to go do all that stuff that I wrote down on the paper, but Which then I could what? bring myself to it. I right? What, I what was it? To do stuff to get rid of the corpse. Do you remember what step one was? I was going to dissolve them or something like that. I was going to cut them up. And you were gonna, I was going to do all kinds of stuff. Did you write down that you were going to burn the bodies? I think I was going to burn them, yeah. 
and you're going going to what was step two? Boilers. I forget what it was. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't remember everything. Yeah. Yeah. Did you write that you were gonna? Um, I wrote stuff down that it was in the context of that time, but all right. Was it something that you were going to uh, cut the bodies up? So I could bring myself to do. Yes. All right. What is day one? Burn up bodies. What's day two? Saw down bones. What's day three? MB smiley face dissolve, dissolve and discard. Okay, so your initial plan was to do these things with, with their bodies. What was one of them? I told you there's other stuff. That just happened to be the one that's materialized. I had a million thoughts going on. Okay. Timothy hand wrote a note outlining his plan to dispose of the bodies. Step one was to head to a campground. Step two was to melt the bodies. And step three was to sand the bones to dust or small pieces and send them to a sanitation plant. We will hear Timothy take a pause, remembering that he needed to emphasize that he wrote the note after the fact and that the murders were not premeditated. Let's go over this. This is what? Head to the campground, no bodies, and send bodies to dust or small pieces. Small discard by a sanitation plant. Okay, so these are some of the things that were going through your head? That was, that's just a small amount of stuff that was going through my head, yes. Did you write this before or after you killed the children? After. After? I wasn't premeditating this, no. Okay. This was not premeditated. This was a, oh shit, what just happened? So you had the bodies in, in the vehicle. Did you write this in your house, in the car? Where did you write these notes? That was on the back of a clipboard. Mm-hmm. In the house, I think. Yeah, I would think that would be in the house. I'm not good at writing and driving. Okay. During their investigations, the detectives uncovered a Walmart receipt of purchases that Timothy made after the murders. The receipt includes a dust mask, goggles, different types of saws, and muriatic acid. I um, had these thoughts in my head to try to do this, and then I couldn't bring myself to do it. Okay. Now we go to the following day. This is going to be the fourth. This is at the Dollar General store, and we're still in Orangeburg, South Carolina. What do you purchase there that we spoke about? <coughs> Excuse me. What's this here? Some bag, trash bags. Trash bags. Why'd you buy those trash bags? To do what now? Put the bodies. Put the bodies in. Okay, to throw some of my own trash out too. Okay. I had a lot of stuff in the vehicle I was trying to throw out. Now, you said you were, you're just driving around, you have the bodies in the car, and where were you going at that time? Nowhere, I guess, because in my mind, I'm just running. I have nowhere to go. Because you didn't plan this. I didn't just, plan this, no, it's just like, spontaneous. this is spontaneous, and I just fucked up my whole life. Okay. One bad incident, and I'm not following through with what I should have. After Timothy killed his five children, he kept them in bags inside of his car for multiple days. During this time, he would run errands and even have encounters with the police with the dead bodies of his children in the car. What, what did you tell us happened Friday night? September 5th. That was, that was when you said your vehicle got stuck? Yeah. So tell us I, about that. I pulled off to the side at somebody's house to try to collect myself to see where I was at. Yeah. And in the process of pulling back onto the road, I... Got stuck in a ditch. You got stuck, and what happened? The tow truck had come on. He called a wrecker. All right. Did you have any law enforcement contact that night? A law enforcement just showed up on his own. He was patrolling, and 
Okay. Can you describe what he looked like? Uh, probably about maybe 5'10", shaved hair, uh, Caucasian male. Okay. When you have contact with this officer, where are your children? In the car. Okay, they're dead in the car. Yes, sir. Okay, and they're still where you set them? Yes, sir. What? What's going on in that car since they've been sitting for so long? I mean, this... You kill them on Thursday. No, the... they weren't sitting there. Some of the time, I took a couple days and just stayed home. Okay. Did you leave them in the vehicle? Or were they in the house at that time? I think they were in the vehicle and I was just sitting there. Not, not what you think. We want no, to know I mean, the I truth believe is. that was. I believe that they were in the vehicle. But you're talking was... about the weekend it happened. Yes, and I was just sitting there thinking, oh, uh, what am I going to do? Okay. Well, Does that make sense? Yes, it, it makes sense. Does this tie this together? Because that's what I'm trying to tell you what so, I know. Sure. Yeah, so Tim. all I'm saying from that Thursday, though, the 28th, and you say after all this happens, you place their bodies in the vehicle. Yes. Between then and the time you come with uh, in contact with the officer, and that would be Friday on September 5th. So we have over a week's time that has passed by. Your children are still still in the vehicle. Is that correct? What date? Friday. When you, you have contact yeah, with so the law? Yeah, so the next Saturday was, yeah. Okay, so they're in the vehicle the whole time. What's kind of happening in the vehicle? As far as, how does it smell in there? Stinks like shit. What's happening with the children? You were telling me before. I just I, The blood was probably just coming out of their bodies because I just left them in there. And mm -hmm. I believe that, well, as far as I know, I think when your body dies, you, well, blood and water separate. I think that's... Now, we, we had asked because you purchased the saws and everything, had you used any of the saws on your children? I think I tried to start on that time and I couldn't bring myself to do it. Okay. And we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to we'll get to where that happens. Had you tried with any of the other children? Mm -mm. No. It was kind of the whole center of this thing. Mm -hmm. Now we are at the site where Timothy will dump the bodies of his dead children. He will callously recount what happened at this location, starting with his attempt to solve the leg of his son Natan. Okay, tell us about Natan. Does this happen there? Or this happened in a separate place where you, well, you, you said you, you started to cut him. You started to happen there. Where where did it happen? In the vehicle, outside of the vehicle. Outside of the vehicle. And what do you do? I began to try to saw a leg, and I couldn't bring myself to finish it. So, oh, I can't do how, that. How far did you get? Maybe about that far. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that to him. Okay. So you, you did not cut his leg off. No. What what did you do with his body? I just put him in the bag and said, I gotta sit you guys over there. I said a prayer for him and walked away. Okay, did you place each child in, in a separate bag? And then did you walk them a couple at a time or one at a time? What, which, which is it? A couple at a time. A couple at a time? Uh, just however many trips it took to get five of them over there. Now we asked if they're gonna be essentially all together, if they you put them in no, different places. No, I put them in the same place. If somebody didn't check the bags and they started looking in there moving around I don't know what mm -hmm. for all I know they they may not be there okay. I'm not lying to you that much I'm telling you the truth I don't know what happened obviously between where I put them and the time I'm here now I don't know if somebody went back and you you said they just look like they're a pile of five bag five uh, garbage bags five garbage so it looks like they're just garbage there okay 
So what, what, what do you do then? Do you try to hide the bags at all? I just put them off to the side. I knew there was no hiding bags. There ain't no hiding this. I'm going to get caught. It's just, just a matter of time. I'm biting myself time. I'm going to get caught. So you go... You don't try to hide the... Uh, in other words, you don't cover the bags up, but you go back to your vehicle. And from your vehicle... I just drove. Drove. Aimlessly. And then... And, and then I will... I say aimlessly. I was in an aimless path toward Las Vegas. That's why I was doing this. Timothy is going to be confronted with the question of whether he knew that his actions were wrong. This is important because the entire basis of pleading guilty by reason of insanity is not being aware of the moral wrongfulness of one's actions. We know his answer to this question is false because he previously stated that he had heard voices in the past and had ignored them. This shows that he does have control of his actions and that he is aware of the moral wrongfulness of the voice's supposed demands. Again, a mental illness and being legally insane are two different things. So you knew that what you were doing to the children was going to... I knew that what was I was going to harm and protect their lives. It was to protect myself. Okay. I know that sounds fucking pathetic. Now, when you did this crime, did you know it was wrong? At the time, I didn't think any of it was wrong. It happened in this... Fuck, I'm happenstance and... Let me finish it up now. Okay. I mean, I've had these thoughts, but none of this happened until this actually materialized. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, I mean, why didn't you do that in the past if you've had these thoughts before? Why didn't I? Yes. I didn't have any reason to act on them. No reason to act on them? Okay. Would you have done this if a uniformed officer had been standing next to you? Yes. Even I wouldn't have cared. No, man, because... Elbow to elbow with you. You would have still I wouldn't have cared, yeah. And here's why. At that point in time, I didn't care because I saw myself as a damn target. And I saw him as having the gun in his hand, if you will. I know he was a kid, but that's how I saw it. Like, shit. He's, now, when, you say, when you say him, you're talking about... Natan. Natan. And how old is Natan? Six years old. Six years old. Did anyone tell you to do this? The voices inside my voices head. in your head. And just confirm the voices in your head are not God. They're not God. No, God would... No, this ain't Isaac and Abraham. Okay. When you did this, did you know that society would condemn your actions, even if they knew everything that you know? I mean, at the time, I sort of didn't care. You didn't care? Okay. Uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know, I felt like I was marked for dead, if you will, and I was just acting accordingly. Did you have any strange or unusual mental experiences around the time of the crime? Yes. The questions towards Timothy's mental illness are becoming more direct. The investigator will now ask him whether he has been professionally diagnosed before. As he is confronted with these questions, we will hear Timothy take longer pauses as he realizes he has no proof of the voices he claims to hear. On the other hand, we will hear him attempt to quickly divert the conversation to scenarios in his life that back up his claims of having mental illness. Have you ever been told that you had a mental illness? By a doctor? Just anybody. I've had, oh yeah, you're fucking nuts, dude. My nickname in high school was the crazy white guy. Crazy white guy? I'm not joking, yeah, that was my nickname. So people in high school told told you this. You, you told us earlier the military also. Told the military you. said I was wrongly enlisted due to some uh, wrong enlistment. I fell into depression. Okay. Have you ever had any treatment, or have you ever been hospitalized for any of these issues? No, I fought it. You fought it. Okay. I tried it. You, have you ever had a diagnosis? No. No. Do you think you have a mental illness? I think something's not right. I don't know what it, I think I may have some, not a, some. Okay. If I'm anything like my mom, yeah, I've got 
lots. Tim, have you ever heard or seen things that weren't really there? Yes. If so, has this been when taking drugs? Both with or without drugs. With and without drugs. What did you see or hear? I've seen people. I've had conversations. I've started to talk with people mm-hmm. when there's nobody in the room. You told me shapes earlier. I'll see shapes. Well. Yeah, that's the strangest thing. I'll, I'll see shapes and things that materialize that aren't real. Mm-hmm. Is this happening while we've been talking to you tonight? Yes. What have you seen while you were talking to us tonight? Well, I see. I see people. What kind of people do you see? Just normal everyday people. I don't talk to them because if you guys are going to say, start talking to me, not them, dude. If you pay attention to what's going on in my cell, I, I get so nutty, I start talking to them. Did you, uh, did this happen the day of the crime? Yes. What did you see the day of the crime? Did you see people? Oh, I didn't talk about the, no, the voice, I'm sorry, this goes back to the Just voices. the voices? Okay. Yeah, That's the fine. voices ran rampant in my head. You had. And there was no space for logic to talk. They were so loud. You say you're not suicidal at all. If I was gonna, if I was gonna do it, it would have already happened. No, man, I'm not willing to take that. I'll do a lot of stuff, but because you take, said your religious beliefs, taking my life is not one of them. Because what happens? You say if you kill yourself, if you kill yourself, well, maybe nothing does happen, and maybe, Lord, I love you. Maybe God's a myth, and we die and we go to the ground. But if He's not, and it's real, well, if if it does what it says. Hell's not a very fun place. I don't think it plans on freezing over anytime soon. I don't want to go there. During its closing argument, the prosecution would attempt to poke holes in the defense's expert testimony to challenge the idea that Timothy did not understand that his actions were illegal or immoral. If it succeeded, the jury would have to find that Timothy was guilty and could be sentenced to death. Every murder involved malice. It's not just from the head, it's a heart, it's a depraved heart, it's evil. You're going to hear the defense raised not guilty by reason of insanity. The judge has talked about that. They have to establish that by a preponderance of it. He's going to go on to explain the defendant to be insane and to be not guilty by reason of insanity. That night, on October 28, 2014, did not appreciate wrongfulness of his actions. He did not understand the difference between right and wrong in both the legal and moral sense. They have the burden of proof that. That's why all those experts have been up here. You haven't heard much about another night, another guilty, but mentally ill, another aspect that you can find. And that is, alright, he's mentally ill, but he did right from wrong. He just didn't have the capacity to control his behavior. To obey the law. That's why he did this. But folks, you're going to hear that. It doesn't mean if he has a mental illness that he's guilty of a mentally ill. Or that he's insane. You can have a mental illness. It has to affect you that night. The distance it occurred. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can have schizophrenia and kill someone, but if you weren't psychotic at the time, you're as guilty as somebody does have. The prosecution sought to discredit the defense's psychiatric expert, arguing that Timothy did not suffer from any psychiatric disease 
and was therefore fully conscious of his actions. She'd been all over the place, wasn't she? She was looking for some type of fixed delusion. And she described one. And she kept saying, it's a complicated case. He asked, well, can you give us an answer? Can you tell this jury what the delusion is? She said, well, you got to pick a piece here and here. No, you don't. Well, you know, he's concerned about Amber. There's prostitution. There's, you know, the time wants his mama. Mira wants her mom. Maybe they're plotting. She could not give you really what in the world the delusion was. And for how long it's been going on, even if it's momentary. That's not schizophrenia. That's not, that's not a fixed delusion. That's not psychosis. The prosecution then pointed out that Timothy's use of drugs was no excuse for his horrible crimes. He believes the paranoia was not due to any mental illness, drugs. Voluntary consumption of drugs is not a defense. If it was, you could go get drunk, ride down the highway, kill somebody, the cops couldn't get hey, I didn't know who I was drunk. It doesn't work. So if you ingest any kind of drugs and do something horrible, sorry, you're out of luck. That's not a defense. Timothy argued during trial that a previous head injury as a teenager led to poor brain formation, especially coupled with the malnutrition he endured at the hands of his mother. The prosecution would argue that Timothy's head injury did not lead to any diminished mental capacity, such as low IQ, contrary to the testimony of one of Timothy's experts. Because when she did her testing, the defendant was on 320 milligrams of geodon. Even he told Dr. Cruz, I had that brain fog. Remember Dr. Wood saying that? I felt slowed. I couldn't think. It just negated the entire test. She gave him a low IQ, it's like 87, 89, to a man that we all know is extremely right. Summa cum laude from Mississippi State. And he did it while raising kids. Support the wife. Pretty incredible. He goes on to Intel. He was working at Intel right up to the point of his murder. And had just gotten the raise. Right up until the point of the crimes. That's why Dr. Frierson goes, whoa, something's wrong here. Why didn't anybody else do that? Why didn't anybody else looking at this go, wait a minute, what's going on here? This doesn't fit. What is the defense doing? In the end, the jury was not convinced that Timothy Jones Jr. was legally insane. The jury then recommended the death penalty as an appropriate punishment for his heinous crimes. The judge adopted it, placing Timothy on death row where he is today. We, the jury, in the above entitled case, have found beyond a reasonable doubt the existence of the following statutory aggravating circumstances. To wit, two or more persons were murdered by the defendant by act or pursuant to one scheme or course of conduct, and the murder of five children 11 years of age or younger. Now I recommend to the court that the defendant, Timothy R. Jones, Jr., be sentenced to death. To see visual representations of the case, visit the Wicked Psychology channel on YouTube. Thank you for listening, and join us next time when we explore the psychological maze of some of the most wicked people.